Hello, and welcome to another episode of Mitten Backstage. Hope you're doing well. Hope you're having a great start to your summer. Today, I am excited to chat with Sam Pilnick. I met Sam during my time at Western Michigan University. He is a great saxophone player, writer, educator, uh, who currently lives in Chicago. But during the years that we knew each other and our paths crossed uh, in Kalamazoo, um, we were involved on certain projects together. And it is cool that he um, is putting out a new project record with his Nanette. And we get into some details about that project today. If you enjoy podcasts like this, you can support by heading on over to patreon.com slash There, you can contribute at different tier levels to get early access to podcast episodes, exclusive merch, and even more. You can also head over to dutchersnedeker.com to see everything that I'm up to around the internet. Thanks again, and feel free to share this with someone who you think would enjoy these types of conversations that I'm having with other Michigan musicians. All right, let's get right into today's episode with Sam Pilnick. I mean, it was supposed to be done last year, and obviously, you know, but I get, I get that, hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah. Well, thanks for uh, giving some of your time to Chad, and I know uh, you've been. I, I mean, even right now, you could see that you're in your teaching element. <laughs> yeah. No, you're good. It's just it's like too much. I mean, I could have maybe raced home, but. I have, some, I have a rehearsal later and it's like, just let me just stay here and get some stuff done. And I have the whole setup here and it's just all ready to go, plugged in, ready to go. So it's, but I appreciate you, you having me on and uh, let me promote this album and talk and just hang and, and whatever. So, yeah, <laughs> all the good things. Um, so you, uh, you wrote this album was it just like stuff that's been cooking for a while and the pandemic kind of spurred it along or was it like during the months of uncertainty you were like, I got to focus on something. No, it's even bigger than that. It's actually probably a year and a, before we even recorded it, it was probably a year and a half in the making. And then oh, we, wow. rec- when we recorded it. So let me just say to your, to the people listening. So my new album is called the Adler suite. It's with my nonette, Sam Pilnick's nonette project. And it's all the Adler is the planetarium here in Chicago, down on the lake. And so starting in about, I guess, maybe 2017, 2018 or so, 2017, I would start like writing music. I, I actually went on a field trip with some students there. And, you know, I'm a music teacher, but I, you know, I got pulled to go on this trip and I just started writing music and like started writing to all these tunes. And I was like, oh, I think there's something here for an album, you know, after a while. So after maybe, you know, a year and a half of writing and playing gigs and flushing out ideas and this album came to be and then you know was supposed to do it certain times and then just happened like that i was able to get a grant from the city of chicago to help record it they do these artist grants these which is really helpful and we recorded it in february of 2020 like literally a month before the world shut down and it was you know supposed to be out late last year or sometime last year and then, you know, obviously with everybody else, I mean, it's the same story for every everybody and every project. Doesn't yeah. matter what genre, what 
whatever you're hearing, it's like, oh, I, I was supposed to do this. And then the pandemic happened and then it's got pushed back. And that's kind of what happened. And, and then it really wasn't until like the fall where I started mixing and stuff and started to get into that process of mixing and getting it out there and, and wasn't sure obviously what the world was going to look like to even perform this at some point in the, you know, in the relative future or to, yeah. you know, to do anything with it. So I'm glad like, you know, I'm vaccinated. A lot of the people in my band are vaccinated. Things in the city of Chicago are opening up again and things are happening and was able to work with a good label and all this other stuff to kind of, kind of get it done. And now it's done. <laughs> and so, uh, finally this summer. And so, you know, it's one of those things like you plan and you plan and you plan and now it's here. And it's like, you know, I, um, yesterday or the, you know, in May I put out this, uh, this little teaser thing and it was like, okay, now it's actually real because I hadn't posted anything about it. People knew about it. I've talked about it a lot with friends and stuff almost incessantly sometimes and actually putting out like a promo and the album art and some behind the scenes and one of the like kind of a taste of one of the songs you know that was the first i had done with it at all like i've been sitting on this stuff for you know i mean i've had the cds for two months probably um and you know the vinyl are getting done hopefully i just put in the order to hopefully they're going to start pressing the vinyl soon but um i mean i've had the cds for two months you know, and sitting on those and sitting on all, and all this stuff to try and appropriately time it out, you know, kind of in, in conjunction with the label in conjunction with the publicist uh, to kind of see what's up. So really it's been like a, almost a two and a half year thing. <laughs> I mean, reality of like conception, composition, recording, the post-production, it's been a really long, long journey, <laughs> long, yeah. long trip it's been <laughs> you know, like the Grateful Dead thing. So but I'm really happy with it. I'm really pleased with it. The band sounds amazing. It's a lot. Some of our friends are on it. Matt Smoggin and Megan Stagel are play on it uh, extensively, um, as well as just a lot of killing people. And Ted, you know Ted. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah, and okay. Ted's on it. So like a good Kalamazoo representation uh, <laughs> in West Michigan and stuff uh, on 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 the album, even though it was recorded everything down here. So. Yeah. Well, and I think the way that you put the album together just logistically, it it's like, I feel like it's a good like example of a route people should think about when, you know, like, like if, if, if every artist had endless money, then it would be like, okay, yeah, then you just go to the studio and do the thing, but mm -hmm. you have the concept, the music, the players, and then it's like, okay, what resources are in the city? All right, there's this grant. Let's, you know, now you're starting to not just have an album be, you know, this like creative thing that you put out into the world that, you know, it's like, that's cool. And every everything surrounding that's great. But now the album is like, oh, this is for this album. I got better at grant writing. I got better at networking with certain parts of the arts organizations in the city. I, I now have a better understanding of like a, you know, how to put an album out because I've worked with a label and mm. um, yeah. How would, was the, was the labels, is it like you have a, like a contracted thing with them or did they sign you to the label? Or yeah. What, so uh, it's not, it's more of a contracted thing. You know, I mean, you gotta, I think one thing that people aren't good at doing, I think you and I are good at, and some people are, it's like realizing like 
the the scene. You know, we were joking before about having eight million followers on your Patreon. <laughs> like, yeah, but realistically, like, if you can have some, you know, it's for a lot of us, and I think we want more quality than quantity per se. Yep. And you know, I understand my my situation. I understand my where I'm at. I mean. Uh, as a jazz musician, as a saxophone player in the city. I mean, I've only been here, I've finished my fourth year here. So I, I mean, I know people and I teach full time, which, you know, a lot of people who teach full time don't necessarily have the t- opportunities to go out and play or don't kind of give up the performing aspects of it. So, you know, I, I, even, I'm talking obviously pre pandemic, like yeah, going to sessions and having to leave like early at like 1230 <laughs> and people being like, Oh, you're cool. We get it. You got to go teach in the morning. Like, but at least I'm there, you know, and kind of getting some rep. Um, I think I might have frozen a little bit, but uh, a little <laughs> bit of least understanding of like, oh, yeah, OK, he's but he's doing it, you know, and I think, you know, a lot of our teachers and it was really when I was when we were in school, well, we were in school together, but at the same school that a lot of that, like the concepts of being a good player to be a good musician. So to to come back to the original question is so I wanted to do everything I wanted to do in Chicago as Chicago as I could. So it was mixed in the city. It was, you know, the, the vinyl pressing is here in Chicago. It's mo- all Chicago people or people who've spent time here, you know, the young people, whatever, and it was recorded here. And the label thing is like, you know, you kind of have to just reach out and just email everybody. It's like, it's like booking gigs, basically. Like, here's my album. Here's the concept. Here's what I want to do with it can you help me? And, you know, you, you, you get some responses back. You know, I got a lot of positive things with some labels that were maybe going under just because of the, the manpower or whatever. And then I also had a, had been reaching out to, I'm, so I'm doing it through outside of music and their next level imprint. Um, so it's not their main one. It's the one under, which is, I mean, I think is cool. And I'm, they're hooked me up with Lydia Liebman productions, which, you know, she's like the top, of the, the, the creme the top of the top of the you know jazz publicists and stuff and she really liked the album i guess and was able to to promote it and you know and, and they they kind of working with me a little bit on like the cd production on some of the marketing you know and they have like they have it really structured smartly that it's kind of like a menu of things like you know whatever you want to do and whatever your vision is they'll help you they'll suggest certain things like I hey, I think we should do this or I think you should do that and here's what the cost is in-house versus you know if you go through some other people and there's like you know even on the publicist route like you know Lydia is their top choice but she's her people are probably always so busy so but yeah. they have other <laughs> options and it's not even really that ex- relatively expensive per se you know in the hindsight of it based on who she represents and who, who her lineage and stuff you know she's David okay daughter. um <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, and, you know, and you hopefully you're getting something out of, of that route. So, you know, Nick Finzer and Alan Blanchard have been really supportive and helpful. And, you know, I, I email them. He gets back to me. We, we, we call, we text, you know, he emailed me today. I email him right back. We're responding within seconds. So it's like, it's very responsive. And I think the big thing that's also important is like, you know, so anything I sell, I keep, I keep my masters and then the split, it's only like an 80, 20 split off of like, Amazon and stuff. So I think they have a warehouse distribution thing and whatever they get. So that, you know, there, there's some margins there, which is, fu- you know, which is fine with me. Um, you know, I got, like I said, keep the masters, which is always really important. All the royalty, a lot of the royalties I get back, you know, whatever that means in this world. Um, right. You know, and they've been really supportive. So I'm really glad to, and I know, again, I know Nick and I, I know his reputation and I know people who've worked with them 
and the you know the artist rosters, the main artist rosters. You look, it's you know Lucas Pino, Roxy Koss, uh, you know Nick Finger obviously put his own stuff out there. You know, you look at you know whoever it is. So lar- you know, it's uh, Lewis uh, Ulysses Owen Jr. just put oh, out a okay. record through them. Like I think Stephen Feige's big band records through them. You know, there's oh, like, nice. You know, it's like reputable people, and they care. Yeah. And, they seem supportive and stuff. So, and I, you know, I've done the record that you were on of mine, you know, the other ones, the other ones, like, you know, I was like, I'll just do it. And I think I made a mistake not going through these labels and stuff, you know, just, just a pure ignorance, maybe just not really knowing. And maybe it would have been a, I think it maybe would have gotten more traction and, and stuff, whatever that means, you know, at least to get it, you know, you spend all this work and all this, you know, I mean, nothing about money. Like, I mean, yeah, it's expensive to put out a record in, in real in reality. And it's not it's not just it's it's also like yeah, it's money, but it's your own time and other people's time and the creative time. And you know, I wish I would have done it differently in the in those other ones. Which is you know, you learn, you live and you learn. Yep. And you try and make you know when you do this one. Okay, I didn't like what I did on that one. I'm gonna try and do this. So like when I dealt with an artist, I like knew or the covers. I knew what I wanted. Or I knew what I wanted to do with this and video and, and all this other stuff. So, you know, you try and at least kind of learn from those changes and you try and figure out, okay, like what's the best way to go? That's also not going to be expensive. You know, the grant route is like you were saying is, is important. I mean, but now it's, now they're even, I would imagine even harder to get. Like I applied yep. for a grant, didn't get it, which is, you know, fine. You know, it's a lot of savings and a lot of, you know, being, making some smart financial decisions to like hopefully be in a place where you can do it. Um, and you know, and I, I'll, I'll also, I mean, theoretically I probably, you know, you could wait on those, but you got, if you do a grant, you gotta be careful. There might be some stipulations about when you have to spend it, when the project has to be out mm. technically because of the city, it had to be out last year. Then they extended to the end of, end of this year. So once it's out, like I'm good with the city. And, and I think they just don't want people taking the money and sitting on it you know, not right. doing anything with it. So if you do a grant, like you just have to read all the fine print and stuff and figure that out. So I'm really glad that, you know, with, with this project and everything and yeah, <laughs> long labor of love, like everything else, but so. Yeah. I mean, just the, I, I think it, it is, a, you know, as much as like um, people are like, you know, they want to feel like, oh, it's DIY. I can do all this myself. I, a lot of artists I look up to are, you know, multifaceted. They, they understand a bit of marketing or they understand, you know, the production end and they can, you know, take an idea from start to print by themselves. But there's also something to be said about like using a label to your advantage. I mean, in your situation, it helped with like, you know, taking something you spent a lot of time artistically on and just like, packaging it and plugging it in the right kind of avenues. And um, I think of uh, a band I often reference as an example, uh, Periphery, this metal band that's been around for over 10 years now, I think. I I started following them in like middle school, high school. (laughs) And they, uh, you know, they built kind of an engine of sorts because everyone in the band is multifaceted you know like everyone's got gear endorsements or they they Mm -hmm. test products and develop products the band itself has everything from 
you know, clothing merch to coffee to beer to like, they just, they've branched out their brand. Mm -hmm. And then the, they can pretty successfully self-produce all their own records with maybe one extra set of ears for like mixing and mastering. Um, but they, they, because of all of the, you know, the skills coming together, they didn't sign to a label for like years, even though they were approached by like Roadrunner and Century Media and like all these bigger sure. people because the deal wasn't there or they, you know, the volume they had to push, they were already doing on their own for sales. Yeah. And then they only took the label help when they knew they had reached a point where they're expanding to a, a global market. Sure. And they're like, we need someone to help ship things to Europe. <laughs> yeah. Just- yeah. I mean, and like, and obviously like the, like the, like the metals, rock and roll, I would, I would, you know, popper, popular, more popular music, I would say. I mean, yeah. I mean, you got to make the right deal. You got to look at the right people. And, you know, at the end of the day, it's like, it's your music, it's your stuff. And if you have the ability and like, you know, again, if it's a band where it's like, okay, we're a bunch of friends and we've come together and we've been playing music since we were kids and we we're kind of like growing as a, a collective. Yeah. It's one thing to say, okay, you do this and, and kind of keep each other accountable. It's mm-hmm. one thing, like if you're to your band per se, you know, Yeah, I, I can't really speak on other people. I just, the one thing that comes to mind is like, I feel like a snarky puppy situation where maybe that was going on originally until maybe they got too big, but I think Michael League's doing everything pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> And, you know, and, and I guess he's able to finance his way to that or to made certain sacrifices early on to put himself in that situation. I mean, I just think there's like just also kind of a stigma of like not asking for help right. and also a type of like having creative control over these things. So, I mean, for example, like like my art, the art vision for the album, I worked with a great person, a great musician, great artist. I saw her some of her work. I said, this is kind of what I wanted to do, but I'll let you do whatever this time. Because in the past, like the first album I did, I did all the artwork. I think it's a little bit of um, being, what's the word, uh, narcissist, but an artistic <laughs> narcissist. The second time I was like a little hand, heavy handed and I don't think he was super happy working with me because I was being a little bit too that way. But again, you're paying somebody to do it. If you don't like it, you got to stand up. If you have a vision, especially right. if you don't really know how to do like the, the, to create the vision. And then this time I was like the most hands off. I said like, I, so the album art is based on uh, this painting that's at the Adler. It's this called Milky Ways by Frederick Brown. I think he's since deceased, but I like, you know, you just reach out to there, you know, I, you do some Googling and you reach out. So his trust or whoever runs the trust was like, yeah, sure. Let's just see what it is. And the, and Sarah was like, I want you to work on this. And she pulled some things. So those, so splatches are on it or pulled from the art, from the painting himself. And she had her own vision based on the vision. And I was like, really impressed. Like, you know, some twit, some tinks here and there. And it's really cool. Like the vinyl printing is slightly different than the, than the CD, which is a really cool thing. Cause it's only two panel versus the four panel. And, you know, and kind of being okay with like, oh, you, you do you and, and, and of trusting people to like agree on your vision like that. You know, and I did that with video, like the, the first single that's coming out in, uh, in June. I mean, I ended up doing all the, all the editing work myself because I was going to like try and do, again, I think partially it was pandemic based because being in a room with somebody and editing the video. I was like going to do a demo and I was like, I'll just do it. And then 
you know, just YouTubing it. And I, I actually really enjoy how it came out and everything. But, um, yeah, I think on all that, it's like a lot of times the label also can like get you to a place where you're not, you know, and again, like, do you really want to sit there and, and create a one sheet and create and have to stuff envelopes and take, you know, and like do call, I mean, again, like there's just little things that the, that the label, if you are the right one and you're working with the right people that can kind of springboard those things that you don't have to do it. Yeah. You're, it's money, but it's also time. Mm -hmm. So for example, like I don't, I feel like if I just emailed Lydia Liebman, she wouldn't get back to me, but because it went through the label there, she's, it's a trust thing. Yes. Yeah. Right. So she, she trusts Nick and Alan, whoever, and the whole outside of music people, they're not going to send her something that they don't really support. Mm -hmm. they, they, or maybe they would be nice and be like, well, maybe you should not do this and do something, you know, who knows? They didn't do that, but they could have, yep. you know, and then, or Lydia could, you know, but again, like springboarding. And I have a good friend in the city, great drummer, Gustavo Cortinas, who's working with uh, Wool Gathering Records. It was the same thing. He wanted mm -hmm. to be local at Ulery's re uh, record label. Yeah. And, okay. I was going to yep, say. And he had a connection to Lydia and all these other opportunities and being local. The local thing didn't work out for me. I mean, it's fine, you know, but... <laughs> I mean, it is what it is. I mean, yeah. so, but the thing is, it's like trying to work with people that can see your vision. And I think you kind of said it, like they probably didn't work with a label because I'm sure they wanted too much of the royalties. I'm sure they wanted the master. Like, I'm sure they want like bigger labels do that. I think because I'm dealing and I know you deal with a lot of more creative music. It's not as big, you know, blue, you know, maybe if you're dealing with a blue note, I, I don't, I can't speak for that or those people. Right. I don't know, or the bigger labels, a steeplechase or a, I mean, uh, impulse, if that's still around. Somewhere, I don't really yeah. know the jazz label, you know, Back there's nothing, Avenue, you know, maybe I don't Back know. Avenue. Seems, I mean, maybe yeah. a big, the ones that are quote unquote big, but you know, I just think now it's like, you got, you got to go with somebody who's going to like support you in that way, just like you would like with your band or just like you would with, you know, in, in any fashion of people to support your, your music and, and, and you could still have like a good say over it versus like a corporate thing. Now, again, I don't know if that exists in the jazz creative music world anymore. Right. Maybe it did in the sixties and the seventies and maybe it died on then. I don't, I don't know. I don't, I can't really speak to that. Yeah. It's like the closest you might get is like looking at like, you know, brain feeder or something where it's, it's a, it's a, a jazz element being placed in, you know, like a Thundercat, like a progressive neo soul type R and B thing, or a electronic thing like Daedalus, or mm -hmm. I don't know, nowhere like this kind of electro funk yes. pop with crazy instrumentation. Um, but kind of knowing him, like I, I mean, I've met him one time, and kind of, I mean, you gotta also, I mean, it's also just like the perception of their social media game could just not necessarily equal up to exactly what's happening. They could just be so talented at the social media aspects of it, and being so creative and content creation that you know a label may, it's, they're just doing their own thing and then maybe they're working with a publicist who's or whoever i you know i again i don't really know yeah. those examples like i'm sure that to me it seems like those bands that i could you said you know i, I know her no because i know more like you know lewis cole and stuff i mean i don't know him but like yeah knowing of him and I, you know we've met him before but whatever like it just seems to me like he has such a 
such a big idea. Like he's just so he has so many big ideas, and that he's probably working with like, you know, he probably knows a ton of people in LA, artists and whoever. And I'm sure he's, you know, probably has a publicist and probably has people that are helping him with that stuff or booking agencies. And I would imagine it seems most of it is him. Yeah. You know, I don't, it's not, you know, not a mass market. It's hard in our world too, because a lot of what we deal with is so it's big in our world because it's our world, but it's not necessarily big in the big, in the scope of the, of the, of the market or of music or of content, you know? Yeah. So it's hard to, it's hard to figure that out, but you know, like anything else, it's just like perseverance and you know, there, it, there, there has, there, there's always something for somebody. And if it's meant to be, it's meant to be. And if you're able to kind of work it out and excuse me, and find people who are willing to work with you, and and be effective for you like you know then you got to take those opportunities because there's only so much unless you again are like a have such a niche market in, in social media where you're getting views and people are just going to buy your stuff but at the same time like i i can't understand like if you if you have so much content that's making <laughs> hunt, like say thousands of views and whatever right where do you have the time to not only create that content develop other content, have a semblance of a life. And then if you're also booking stuff and you're producing, I don't understand how that, how people do. And that's where I get to the thing where it's like, there's no way, there's no way they're doing it all by themselves. Yeah. I, it, it would be, I would be, I'd be like, you have one of those like time Turner, Harry Potter things. Are you like <laughs> going back in time and stuff? Like you, you have 25 hours in your day yeah <laughs> I, I don't i don't get it man but you know to those who are listening you know you guys just got to do you know you got to find your project and you got to just kind of make the moves and if it's not right you sit on it if you can and you know and find the right opportunities when they present themselves yeah i think of someone like you know thinking of like how do you balance time i think of someone like uh bill wirtz i don't know if you've seen any of his videos um He's like, he kind of started out on Vine and doing these, you know, those short little clipped videos, but they're like goofy with like light animation. And sometimes it, you know, it, it synced up with the beats and stuff. And it, it's kind of, you know, quirky, some humor, some, you know, existential life thinking in like very, you know, <laughs> abstract, funny terms. Um, and then when he kind of made the jump to YouTube, he took those skills and expanded them into full tracks. And so you have these like detailed animated videos that are like, it's not, you know, like, oh, it's so detailed. It looks lifelike. It's literally just like, you know, like stick figure drawings and like weird color shifts and like mm -hmm. just shapes and things placed weird and, and like visual storytelling with like goofy, like seemingly nonsensical songs. But he he has a video called um the history of the world where it's like a 20 minute video oh yeah i've seen that dude yeah yeah okay. so it, like it's got like what like hundreds or like tens of millions of views now and he he doesn't like the only time i've seen him other than in that world he's done like two podcast d type interviews and then he was in a scary pockets video hmm. so someone like him who's got a very hyper niche 
creative output and like yes the videos get turned into albums but he's not printing cds he's just making random singles and they're going up for streaming he's a weird model of like he doesn't seem to interface with the public ever <laughs> unless it's in a video and mm -hmm. and he's found great success in that and it suits kind of how he operates but he he talked about like just the amount of work it goes into like you know cr crafting the song with the layers and then each layer is like you know there's there's opportunities within the arrangement to place like oh a little hit or like he'll do like a midi horn stab and little horn emojis will flash on the screen for a second and like he's just just syncing up all these details with uh with the music and you know because he's so invested in that that's probably why he's not you know like I mean, touring that or video something. is four years old yesterday. Okay. Has 119,400,000 views. That's a lot. <laughs> but also, I mean, I'm just looking more at like the, the, the comment box, not the comments, but like, I mean, you look at this thing, it just says his website, Patreon, Spotify, iTunes, Twitter, Instagram, donate and SoundCloud. You know, I mean, who knows how much money he's getting from YouTube? Right. I mean, you know, you know, you know, I don't know his person. You know, I don't know this guy than anybody else. You know, and it's like if you can find a niche market, that's awesome. And if you can capitalize on a niche market, that's even better. That means you've kind of won, I would imagine. But yeah, I can only imagine how long these videos, especially with a twenty-minute animated video and their songs and there's all this other stuff. It's you know, but you have to have the concept, and and that's the thing. Like with this stuff, it's like it's everything has to have a concept and you have to then have the, the, the wherewithal to fill that concept and find that concept and figure out how to get it out to the world. You know, he got lucky, you know, it's like he could have done this whole thing and then it went nowhere. And then he's just doing a day job. And then, you you know, you know, or, you know, that Benjamin Babish guy on YouTube, yep. like he, that's his, I mean, his, his first videos are not very good, but they're interesting. And then, you know, I think he was doing two jobs, you know, to a point where he could make it lucrative and, Again, like he's a one in a insert number, large number success. I'm sure this guy yeah. Bill Wirtz is same thing. Like, you know, a one, a, it's a, it's a impossible to recreate their trajectory. Yeah, I well, and I brought him up mainly as an example, mainly as an example of like the imbalance. Some that's yes. sometimes can work in you know in a very specific circumstance, but also. I see those types of people and, you know, I don't go, I want to get millions of followers. Cause that, yeah. you know, that's mm -hmm. not a realistic goal. Cause everyone who gets to that point, they're like, I don't know. I just kept doing stuff. And then suddenly there was this audience and now yeah. I have. <laughs> so yeah. I just see it as an opportunity of like, you know, if you can have like a core following that's on and offline, you mm -hmm. have more people to work with in terms of like, when you put something out or when, you know, you go on tour or you do anything, there's, there's an audience there to support. Even if it's like, you know, I, I think of like, we, we did a campaign uh, to promote a couple of the singles off of reanimate earth radios last album. And we, you know, I was noticing when the Spotify for artists metrics that we started getting a ton of listeners like in Germany and like, uh, I think S England, Germany, England, and Spain, I think. Mm. <laughs> so it was like, 
you know, that does it's does that mean, oh, we can go on tour? It's like, no, not necessarily, but <laughs> it's interesting to see like, oh, there are people like if you add up like okay, 50 people over here, a thousand people here, a hundred people here, like it's more of an audience than you think online. And now you're starting to think of like, okay, what am I putting out into the world that, you know, is gonna is gonna support the people that are always around me and are in the community that I'm mm-hmm. creating in, but also is able to have legs that stretch a little further and allow opportunities down the road um versus just like what i think a lot of west michigan artists do is they know they they they're all fans or they know of the local outlets to put things out to and they get kind of comfortable in that loop of like all right the album comes out it's my friends hear it it goes on the local radio station and then people forget about it (laughs) until the next one and then you know, 10 years later is like, this person's been in Grand Rapids and it's like, all right, you know, are you May early wine? Do you have that kind of Michigan following? Or are you, you know, someone who is still, you know, not cracking through the mold? Like what is, you know, success is, it varies obviously and people have different measures of success, but Mm. it's, it's interesting to, to see, uh, in recent years, a lot more people interested in the business end of it because of, you know, trying to understand the internet ways to put things out into the world and, you know, be, be as present as they can be in person, but also, uh, you know, on Instagram or something like figuring out what that looks like. (laughs) Well, it'd be interesting. It's based on kind of what you were saying, like on, you know, at least, understanding trend like where your music's being listened to and i mean it'll be interesting to see like in the next you know year six months eight months to a year like as more live stuff kinds of happens like where where do people start kind of going back into that and will this pandemic or the lack of art and lack of music like will there be a resurgence of people to see shows and stuff and to actually go and be, oh, even if there's 50 people, you know, say, you know, you were talking, you know, in a, a, an area where you can make it work and, you know, where you can play a few shows and, and, you know, get 50 great people to show up or 40 of those 50 great people to show up, like that could be a killing, sh- you, you hear stories, you know, like whatever, the first time the Beatles played in this club in Liverpool yeah. and like, be like, oh shit, like, you know, I'm sure it was super crazy, like doesn't, you know, or, you know, like, I just think, you know, if you can have a following and get people out to see it, I mean, that's that's good. I'm glad, you know, people are checking this stuff out. And it always would be interesting to see, like, where where it goes, you know, in the next, in the future and how we can how we can kind of get it out there. And and I think, you know, like, kind of going also going what you're saying is, like, the comfortability of things. It's like, you know, I think we're, we just like to be comfortable. Mm-hmm. Oh, this works for me. Like... Like if I, especially in West Michigan, I love living in Kalamazoo. Don't get me wrong. Like yeah. I had to leave. I was getting comfortable and I felt like I was kind of plateauing and it was just like, all right, well, I need to kind of, I need to be in the big city and I need to, I, you know, I kind of have to do my thing. Mm. And, you know, coming to Chicago was like really wide open. And you meet, meet people who are just killing like, you know, music wise and, and like, you know, to do things and, and, and like to have and see music and hear it. And even though, 
I can complain about certain aspects. It's, you know, it's, it's no New York here, but it's, <laughs> it's good. I mean, there's a lot of great artists, a lot of great talents, a lot of great people, a lot of really kind, supportive people. I mean, I had this band, like I moved here in 2017, like literally when that video was put out, which is funny <laughs> hindsight, uh, you know, and like started meeting people like right away, you know, and people in the band I've known for four years, you know, I've, you know, now I'm not talking about the Michigan people I've known for longer, but you know, the people, right. the people I just, you know, going to sessions. Hey, what's up? Who are you? Where are you from? Yada, yada, yada. Like coming right from school or coming from another city and just trying to like be honest about their art or trying to, you know, do this, whatever we're doing, you know, and putting out music and being creative and, and trying to find that stuff and trying to, you know, and I think it'll be interesting to see kind of in these cities or in these areas, you know, this Midwestern area, like what kind of happens from this whole thing. I mean, I have a few concepts of my own, which would be nice to work out once, once people, more and more people feel comfortable, you know, gathering indoors, you know, with or without, you know, whatever, appropriately yeah. spaced and stuff. But, you know, I think there is a good opportunity for, for people to break out of that comfort zone and like do things and, and be in spaces where non-traditional spaces making music. And that's, yeah. you know, so, you know, it'd be interesting to see. I mean, I, I know there's a super strong West Michigan scene and which is, I think surprised, it surprised me, I think also when I, when I moved, you know, I moved to Michigan, not never only going to work at Blue Lake and basically, <laughs> basically spending time there and leaving and, you know, a little bit of time in Kalamazoo and a little bit of time in Ann Arbor. And like, when I say a little bit, I mean like a day, um, <laughs> but it, it's a great place and there's a great scene and there's great scenes, but I can totally understand like cost of living, the quality of life is pretty decent, mm -hmm. you know. If you like beer, you're, you're set. <laughs> you know, you want to play music, like you know, you you have you can have everything, you know, and 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 it's you know, especially if it's an older generation, it's like, well, it's working. I'm cool with this, you know. I could, I you know, I'm, you know, Grant, my my music gets played on the radio, and cool. Um, and for some for some people, that's cool. Yeah, you know. Yeah, well, and, and that's kind of, you know, me, I was thinking about, like, last year, um, I was reflecting a lot on things because of the, you know, slowing down. I, I kind of had a second to be like, all right, what if, you know, I'm tw 28, turned 29 this year. What things have I accomplished? And of course, you could be like, "Oh, I got the two degrees, and I've done, you know, like the bag in a can thing in 2016, and uh, you know, a, a national parks tour, and with the Grand Valley's new music ensemble, like just picking out little things that were like, that was fun, that was fun, that was really cool." And then it's like finding the common thread of like, "Okay, why did I like those things? What do I need to do to have those same?" Like, what do I, what do I need to do to like have that combination of feeling challenged, feeling like I'm leveling up somehow, feeling like I'm branching out and, and part of it is, you know, focusing on the, uh, like sharing kind of what I'm up to trying new, you know, like the podcasting thing, trying new platforms, you know, this summer I'm actually going to get into some different types of video content just to, you know, 
just try that and and keep on that because I do like that as a medium. Like I want to understand that a little better. Mm-hmm. Um, I also want to, you know, like Earth Radio. I want to level up. We've been talking in the band. Like we're we're actually doing a <laughs> a band meeting to kind of um, hone our goals now that things are on the upswing a little bit um of just like hey where do we want to what do we want to do with this band where are we where do we see ourselves uh what roles do we see ourselves in the band like how can we adjust that um because it is like the the same discussion of also of like like hey we should do this thing all right well i don't really know how to do it okay do you want to learn how to do it no i don't like doing that okay, then we need to hire someone. All right, we don't have any money. Okay, well, then we can't really hire anyone. All right, let's do it ourselves. But you don't want to do it. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, that's like the comfort. And and unfortunately, I mean, that's, I think, a little bit of the comfortability of like Mm -hmm. West Michigan vibe. It's like, well, I don't want to do it. If I don't have to do it, you know, I don't have to do it. I won't do it. I won't do it. Then then you got to just be like, well, I guess we're not doing it. And then you got to move on to something else. And Mm -hmm. I I haven't, you know, that's a very interesting thing because I also necessarily haven't really been, I've been in very limited situations where it's like a true collective like that. Like I'm kind of, I'm involved with this group called the Chicago freedom ensemble. I'm like a co-director uh, under, under Thaddeus Tukes and with Akshat Jane. And like, you know, we, we tried to do it more collectively like that. And, it was a little bit all over the place. It's kind of like the three of us running things, even though we kind of assist one person, mm-hmm. even though we kind of bounce ideas off each other and this, but I haven't necessarily been in that situation where it's like, okay, this is my ensemble where, you know, it's all been like my name based things. Yeah. And I think there's like, um, uh, right way to say it. I think, I think there's definitely like, you have to be, if you're going to be in a group like that, where it's like okay collective like everyone needs to essentially be almost on the same page like you're talking earlier about that rock band that does all those things like again yeah they're friends but they could have been like it could have been like that like, you're like i don't want to do that and then like well then we're not going to do it and then it might hurt us down the road because we have no money or whatever we don't have enough money for it and you yeah. don't want to do it and i'm doing this and because again like you could do it and then it's just it just becomes a burden on the on you and then it's really it's really not necessarily equitable for everybody involved especially if you're claiming to be like a big um like collective essentially you know yeah well i I mean i would assume earth radio was yours because i think i know you're like the leader of it but i mean it's good to know interesting to know that like okay it's more of a collective situation versus like your band per se yeah and well and i think after three albums we've kind of figured out at least with the core group um because we recently added some other collaborators Mm -hmm. and uh the core four people who've been in the band the longest um we you know just in terms of like play like plain statements of like these things have happened like like hannah and justin main songwriters they've been they've written the most songs for the band i've contributed some but it's mainly hannah and justin writing the tunes i'm there to assist or create an idea or or like if they want me to do something i don't really like they could point at a keyboard and tell me to play it and i'll figure something out (laughs) 
it's just the nature of like being in the studio with the band where like we get we get stuff pre-proed a little bit we go in and track and then there's always like the the layering of the cake mm. um and the and then you know i've done a lot of the behind the scenes businessy type stuff hannah assists with that as well um and justin's kind of the main producer of the band we all have input and we all use our you know our ears for feedback but he's the one that kind of ties it up and you know ends ends whatever mixing session like oh this this is at a good spot and then mm -hmm. sends it off to get yeah mastered. it's good to have a way to like have somebody to have to like put their foot down and stuff and you know and it, it could be tr it could be tricky like in a in a collaborative situation to be that person and, and make sure that like, yeah, voices are heard, but also like at the end of the day, we got, we, we could be sitting here for two hours talking about this. And then especially if you're in the studio and you're paying out, you know, that's money. Yep. <laughs> it's not like, <laughs> not like you're sitting in your house on, you know, logic, you know, you're in a studio or, or you're doing, or, you know, trying to move it along. So it's good to see that there's a, you know, that y'all have had an idea about at least some structure into it. You know, when you do things myself, it's, you know, that's where like, I mean, kind of tying it back in, it's like where the label can kind of come in and help or, you know, I run a lot of stuff off my roommate, uh, Akshat Jane, who, you know, helped, oh, yeah. helped, yeah, who did a lot of help in this, when we were in the studio and, and when we were listening to the vinyl pressings and all these other, I'd be like, can you listen to this and just be like, what's up? Or like, I, mean, I just did album art for the single and he was like, try this. And I'm like, yeah, I don't like it, but I like, you know, he, but I, it's other thing he said, you know? And I think also as like a producer or someone who wants to create, like who has been in these situations, like, yeah, it's important to have somebody to bounce ideas off of, but also to be like, it's my idea. It's my yeah. thing. Yeah. I love you, but uh, I love you and I, I respect you. And of course I want your opinion, which I've asked for clearly. Right. Um, but also to make sure that like, there is somebody helping to push the thing forward. Otherwise it just, I think a lot of that stuff can end up stalling out yeah because it especially like with a non-et like you're you taking the reins of that is like yes you can kind of, everyone can kind of have a inherent understanding of like all right i'm part of a nine-piece band there are written out parts there are you know little liberties of like oh the guitar is still laying in this one or the saxophones are trading or you know any of that type of stuff but it's yeah it there's, there's a point where you can't just take you know, have a sit down with eight other people and be like, well, do you like this transition section? How do you like this part written? Do you like, it's like you, mm -hmm. you have the, you have so much to get through. <laughs> right. But it's also nice to be like, what did you mean by this? Right. You know, and be like, what did you mean by when you wrote this? Like, who was it with? Or do you actually want to be, you know, and actually having like productive chamber rehearsals essentially where it's like, no, actually I want to play like how it's written or, Oh, good question. Like, oh, I, I, oh, I, you're playing it like that. Oh, can you change it up? Or yeah. that sounds weird, you know? And that's why I always ask is like, please let me, like I always ask to the people. I mean, it's like, if there's a weird thing in your part or it's written poorly, or you're hearing something like I like to be heard and say like, cause again, like not perfect, you know, with your time, you know, especially with nine parts, you know, write a tune. It's like, all right, tune, then you got to arrange it. Then you got to make sure all the, the line, you know, doing all the notation stuff which I haven't thankfully done in a long time, but that there's always, no matter how many times you check it, there's always like a missing something or other. Yeah. And, you know, and sometimes it helps. And again, like 
being in a, in a, in a, in a creative situation with people who you, who you trust, you know, more so than like, you know, again, I, I, on a, like I would rather be with those. I chose those people to be in the band. I'm sure it's the same thing with earth radio. I'm sure things with your, with your, your, you have your trio thing, all your, all your projects. It's like, you know, yeah, it's good. It helps when people are good at their instrument, mm-hmm. but it also is more important that they're fun to be around when you're in that rehearsal or you're in the studio for two full days and you're, yeah. you know, or you're playing the gigs or you're doing those things. Cause I mean, you know, from, you know, everyone, I, you know, those, those, are, that's where it's, where it's better off. Yeah. It helped like that. That's at least one thing that's been nice with earth radio is that at the core it's, it's four people who have already been friends and, mm-hmm. you know, we've spent, I, I think of 2019, which was, you know, our, our second year as a band, but our, definitely our busiest like a lot of our first festival plays like our first you know more than just two days in a row like doing you know four or five days in a row um and like yeah all the times in cars you know pre-pandemic like we'll just stay on someone's couch somewhere um and that you know it's it's it, it that core element is is a reason why it's easy to play with the group like yes there's you know differences in approach to art and for, within the band there's a shared you know expression and goal with everything and everyone's got their own opinions um but there's also a difference in like the you know like me and madison being like studied trained collegiate musicians versus you know, Justin and Hannah in terms of the core band are more like just natural talent that has been sculpted over like years of gigging and, sure. um, you know, figuring out uh, their sounds and voice through like just different projects and different things. Justin, especially like just having, you know, if he has an idea for an album, he's not afraid to, you know, put it down to paper and, and, and make it like, I think he just put out an album where he, did all the tracking himself and worked with a couple engineers nice. but um there's also the you know it, as much as there is the creative side of the band there you know we've we've talked about the label discussion of like how where could we seek someone out that would support some of these efforts because you know there's like oh we you have you know merch and merch is selling okay like we are still kind of marketing to our home base and a lot of people who already know about us already have (laughs) at least one shirt or you know a vinyl um and now it's like okay how do we branch this out regionally and like i mean the person you really need is not necessarily a label you need a publicist and you need like a producer like uh, you need like somebody to like either like basically a a publicist i think yeah i think that's your move it's again because i think you know the label may not like again or they might charge you for i mean they say here's the label and then they chart anyway you know or they might i you know again like it depends on what your goals are but i feel like the label thing is because i think if you have to look at it how it was and how it is yeah how it was was like yeah okay i'm on a label and yeah they're maybe they're giving me an advance maybe they're but it's like here's a team of people but they know they're going to make tons of money so they're not really super worried about it so you're not paying for a publicist you're not paying for certain things because they know that you're going to sell 
hundreds of thousands of copies and be on MTV or go on right. the road or whatever. But I think if I think if you can deconstruct some of those things about what are those some of the things that maybe a traditional label would normally provide an artist and then just search those people out separately. Yeah. And just figure out, okay, who can see our vision and where our growth, you know, can find us like whether it's a publicist or just a general person who's a publicist slash social media person slash whatever. And, you know, you work something out where they're ex, I don't know, whatever you deal with, but like, (laughs) you know, to have something and then, or, you know, and then that could help kind of expand it versus like, a label per se you know the label i think is going to help more with the album like putting out projects and and being associated i think it's probably good to be on a label because again like if you're trying to get write-ups if you're trying to play tours you know again they look at your album they see the album or radio okay they open it up they see oh earth radio oh oh they're on blah 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 records okay who's on oh i know that record there they have all these other people yeah. And then and then you again your social media person again could like then do all the other stuff of like you know helping helping you get on, you know, booking getting you out there, pushing the merch, pushing the the giggings, you know, whatever you want to call that person or people, you know, and trying to find people you can theoretically work with that's not going to make you go bankrupt. But again, I think <laughs> but I think there's people out there or people who are willing to do it, you know, nominally i would imagine you find again we find the right people mm-hmm. i think that goes back to again more of our original conversation it's like there's we want to be these like gym class heroes and just do it ourselves yeah and is that really the safest thing or really the most logical thing in the future yeah well and and, and especially like i think of this past year where i had you know there was that slowdown but still that that you know collegiate you know musician brain kicking in and being like no you got to keep doing something you got to draft this thing write this thing do the there was a point where i was just like you know i kind of it it was another like i'm almost 30 like you know a meaningless marker but it's also like everyone thinks about another zero um i'm almost there dude (laughs) and you know in my head i'm like I was thinking about my twenties and then like, what do I want my thirties to be? And it was like, my twenties were a lot of like, you know, just throwing all the things at all of the walls and being in lots of different groups and, and being in different schools, different city environments, different, you know, whatever, different, you know, styles of music and, and seeing, you know, what I like about collaborating or recording or, you know, the, the, the components that I like as a performer and freelancer, but not a lot of like, you know, a lot of late nights that are, you know, not a lot of self-care not a lot of like, you know, having that balance between like, yes, you're going to have certain nights where you're going to, you know, I had a, a couple weeks ago where I had a video that was rendering late and I was like, cool, I'll, I'll fall asleep. And probably when I, you know, get up at night to use the bathroom or something, I'll see that the video is done rendering and I'll quick, like, you know, get it scheduled and uploaded like at three in the morning or whatever. Mm-hmm. But then there, you know, the, there has to be another night where it's like, Oh, I'm actually going to sleep before, I don't know, 11 and, mm-hmm. and like getting up at a decent time and, 
going on a walk or, you know, cooking your own food or <laughs> just like these very, these very yeah, simple man, I things. Feel that. I mean, like and now I, I was like that for a while. I mean, like I definitely was okay to do nothing and I definitely didn't practice as much as probably I should have or right. whatever, or done written more music or whatever it was. Is. Yeah. And I think, you know, I think it's okay. And it's like, you just, I think like you got to just, figure out okay you know again you throw like you said you throw a bunch of stuff together and then you start refining it and trying to figure out like what works and what doesn't work and you just throw away what doesn't work and you do what works and you know it's okay like okay because again if you're dead like i mean this is the first week i feel like i'm back like to like some semblance of like pre-pandemic life like i'm not going to be i have a rehearsal so i'm still at work yep <laughs> I, I taught all day i and i only have like two weeks we're doing you know I'm do, i teach on zoom and it's like a mess and that's getting kind of annoying and then i yeah. you know i have i'm talking with you then i have to like run to a rehearsal and then who knows how long that's gonna be and then kind of <laughs> go home tomorrow i'm looking at my calendar i have i work all day the same thing i'm doing recruiting for next year i'm teaching all day then I have uh, the leave to go to a meeting before a jam session that I'm playing at and running, but yep. in that in that in that drive I have to call my the label and because he you know figure out what's because we're getting close and kind of you know he wanted to check in great Thursday teaching all day then I have a jobbing gig you know yep. it's cool <laughs> Friday and then Friday I'm like oh my god look at this like oh I'm cool and then like I have some time off in the afternoon and Saturday I have a gig and my you know. And then it's like, okay, then it's Sunday. Like, and I, oh, I'm not really nothing, but I can like, I have to teach a student. You know, you start like looking at these things. You're just like, what the fuck is wrong with me? Like, and then, you know, I'm talking about this like with a friend. He's like, yeah, you should like come over and like, um, you know, come over. And I was like, cause I'm, you know, this, this girl I'm seeing, I'm like, first of all, I haven't seen her. She's out of town. She's busy. She's working and I'm working. And I, you know, I don't even, you know, it's, it's, you know, all, and I'm just like, I was talking to somebody else about like, she's like, she, a colleague was running around like dinner. I was like, yeah, I don't think I'm going to eat dinner at home all week. <laughs> and there was definitely like a day like last week I felt like, or there was, was it last week? Oh yeah. Last week I had like, I was home for a few hours yeah. or the week before that I came home. There was enough stuff going on. I literally came home to like in the one hour I listened to the test pressings. <laughs> <laughs> my album i was like all right gotta go to bed and do this all again in the morning but, here we go <laughs> yeah but you know and we complain it's easy to complain about and i think yeah. we really enjoy what we do and we we get the joy out of it when we see the when you like put the vinyl on like, i mean you said you have vinyl for earth radio i mean like that feeling of i mean i actually got me on, on instagram opening the test pressing being like Ooh, and you hear me say ooh on the thing. It's like so embarrassing, but it's but like for real. Like, and you go, yeah. like, all this labor, like two years of writing music and going to the planetarium and rehearsing and these shitty gigs and other <laughs> gigs and then recording for two days and a pandemic and I don't, you know, a pandemic and then all the mixing and the mastering and the video, all this shit. And then they literally take this fucking piece of plastic and put it down and put the needle on it and you hear the first note. And you're like, you're like, oh, uh, this is all worth it, dude. This is it. <laughs> this is what we. This is this is it. You know. Yeah. And, you know, and I think like you, you know, we can. Go, this is another contest, another podcast. But like, yeah, you know, the whole mental health thing. The whole, even though we've been out of school for six years or whatever, five years. Yeah. Like, 
does it really matter? Like the collegiate grind. Yeah. I, I just think of like, not sustainable. (laughs) No, I, I, you know, my undergrad was so like, I I forget it. It was someone who I've known for a while, but they, uh, you know, they're not a, a musician or they, you know, they don't really talk with musicians in that capacity. And, you know, they were talking about like, you know, like college parties and like, oh yeah, I went to this thing and it was this big rager and like, oh, they threw it, the couch was on fire. And I'm like, what? <laughs> it's like, mine was, I, I think I went to one of those and was just, I was already of age and just being like, this is crazy. <laughs> there's, there's a lot. Of, it's like, I showed up at my friend's house and, and there's like, you know, like 20 people already starting to like shotgun beers and like the beer bong. And I'm just like, I, you know, I'm just here to like chill. Like, it's like, is this a problem or is a solution? Like, what is, why is everyone's just like, bah, like pour it into your eyes? Like, I mean, I've been in those situations and stuff. And they're <laughs> sometimes, you, you know what? Sometimes it's just what you the doctor ordered. I don't know, man. But I mean, know, I, yeah, sorry. You no, know, I, I mean, I've definitely gotten like, you know, I've, I've gotten drunk and I've, you know, like, <laughs> I've had that. I there's foot. Supposedly there's footage of me from uh, when People Cider Company. They used to have just a tasting room where their production area is, and since they've expanded the production, they opened a tasting room closer to downtown. And at but at that old tasting room area, they did a a festival, the May Day Fest, and you know I was like. It, I was like stoked because I was like, oh, I get, I just get to hang out at this festival all day. I don't have to do anything. And my friend was pouring ciders. They have a cider called uh, Morrissey's Ghost. That's like a 10% bourbon barrel like cider. And it tastes great, but it it's 10%. <laughs> sure. And they serve it in half That's the pints. most Michigan thing I've ever heard in a long time. Yeah. It's, <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's apple cider. Oh, I drink beer. It's 10%. Like, what? I don't, I don't think the last time I had a 10% beer. <laughs> yeah, that might have been the last time. I, like maybe one or two when I worked at Founders, but um, I've gotten so burnt out on drinks. But there's, there's footage of me b- because my friend was pouring. Every time I would, I would get a drink, he'd pour me that. I'd drink it. I'd go up for another one. He would give me a drink to hand out. I would go hand out that drink. He would top off my drink coming back because I would just keep assisting him. And then, you know, by the time I'm playing, like, apparently I played the gig, but I was just, like, just all, like, move, physically mm-hmm. moving around a lot. And, like, you know, I, I, people drove me home. I don't know who got my car back to, my, to the house. And I woke up on the floor, and it was, like, I woke up at like 6.30, had to be at, at my school job at like 7.45. And I was like, this is was bad. This was not how I... <laughs> and then, of course, yeah, that's... It's a good it was, story. It's a good story now. Yeah, it's a good story now. It, it, but I, what I, I guess, was going to say about undergrad was, you know, the it's speaking to the fact of like how much work goes into this thing is like so many hours just feeling the pressure of like, like I didn't do any like competing in, in college, but the competition air was still there. Like you still wanted to like, it's like, all right, he's going to do 
five hours in the practice room. I've got seven. I'm going to do that. Even though you only get about three hours of practicing, like real practicing done in that time because you're distracted. At least I was, but Mm -hmm. you know, a lot of time in practice rooms, a lot of times playing for just strangers who couldn't care less. You exist (laughs) a lot of time, like pushing through all these things. But yeah, you get to that moment where you hear the, the album on the vinyl, you play that one show that like it fired off on all cylinders and you felt creatively satisfied as well as like career satisfied. And, sure. and yeah, it's like those moments you, you push for more of those moments. And I think if that's kind of the goal, at least, you know, trying to find those moments, there's a, a natural progression that happens in a career, but yeah, it's, it's, it's crazy to like the amount, the amount of music that's out there and the amount of demand that's not there. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's, it's crazy. It's just content in general, but based on what you're saying is I, I've seen the movie soul now like four times. I've saw okay. like, once with my parents, once by myself, once with the girl I'm seeing and once with my students. And there's a great line at the end that like the main jazz cat, Dorothea Williams says, it's like, I'm going to probably, I'm paraphrasing most of it, but it's like, this young fish goes to the older fish and says, I'm trying to go to the ocean. Cause he's like, just played the gig. And he's like, what's next? Oh, everyone goes home. It's like, what? There's no hang. And he goes, so after he's almost died, you know, in the whole thing, so spoiler alert, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> what? <laughs> uh, uh, it's only in the what first five mean? minutes. It's only yeah. the first five minutes of the movie. <laughs> so, uh, he dies at the beginning. The beginning. <laughs> yeah, basically. Um, yeah. <laughs> so she, you know, the little fish goes to the big fish and says, like, I'm trying to go to the ocean. The big fish goes, you're in the ocean. And the little fish goes, no, this is water. And he goes, no, you're in the ocean. Just look around. This is the ocean. And then swims away. And I think it's like because of a lot of reasons. I mean, like dealing with older people who are like our professors who may be in weird spots in their careers or have had mm-hmm. certain, you know, quote unquote traditional jumps or not traditional jumps or what in in the whatever the career means and you know people are different spaces and you're at different times of your life and whatever and like just trying to just be like okay like it's just an onward progression of of moving forwards and and i think one thing i've learned in the last few years especially teaching full-time for now four years it's like you know efficiency and i learned that in college too i was super busy in undergrad and you know and it's like how efficient can I be with everything and how can I, you know, and just put out to put out stuff that I'm proud of doing and, and doing projects I'm proud of doing. And, you know, if it flops, it flops. But I think, again, original, original conversation is like being happy with the art you're putting out and, and just in, in, in dwelling in the process of, of it and just kind of not getting caught up in the, in the sea of other stuff. Yeah, because it it is as much as like artists understand the nuance of the industry, there's a lot I feel like a lot of thought patterns happen uh that mirror like the people who see like oh, it's either the starving artist who's you know unappreciated until they die and then 30 years after they de- they die there's an album someone features in a movie or something and it's like, "Whoa, I never thought about that." Or you're like you know the interstellar rise to fame and you have an empire and you have you know like your name is like it's on clothing and cars and <laughs> movies yeah, not and in like, the jazz world. I mean, we played the wrong <laughs> type of music i think 
Yeah. No, but I agree with that. And I, you know, and it's, you know, it's, but I think it's like anything else. It's not binary. Yeah. Like it's not, it's not like one or the other. And like, what does it mean? I think there's also, you know, it's like, I don't think there's enough conversation with younger people about, you know, what it means, like what the real world actually like kind of looks like. I mean, obviously it's, yep. it's so much different than when we were in school, almost, you know, we're going into school 10 years ago, you know, I mean, this time I was in my freshman year of college. So 10 years ago. And I think it's obviously like the world changes very quickly and depending where you are at, like I went to school yeah. in the middle of upstate New York, you were in West Michigan. Like, you know, those are not like, we're not, we weren't at school like a Juilliard where you're like kind of in the middle of everything and you're kind of in the center of it. But, no. but there still should be, I don't, I don't even think there they're having conversations like what we're having about like, okay, I got this degree. Then like, what do I do? And like, yeah. what does that mean to be the artist? Like, is it okay to take a job? Is it okay to teach full time and do this too? You know, or is it okay to, you know, pursue other stuff and also be a musician or be an artist. And, you know, it's, but even in those, even in those stories, like for every one John Coltrane, how many other people tried it yep. or were, or were that, you know, that maybe the other stuff and were were still good, played gigs and, you know, had a very fulfilling career, you know, yeah. whatever that means, we're able to, you know, raise a family and have a successful, I mean, there has to be hundreds, if not thousands of those type of people for every one of our heroes. Yeah. And then even also like the, the fascination of, you know, the, all, all the jazz heroes, uh, obviously, you know, you glean a ton of like vocabulary and like you understand kind of the, the development of the genre and like its interactions with the mainstream or other genres. And then, then you also are like, oh, well, uh, this person was an alcoholic. This person abused like these substances. This abused person women. I was women. married three times, had a chocolate addiction, was super yeah. overweight. Probably would have, <laughs> if they didn't die of that, they probably would have died of something else. You know, yeah. it's like, you know, and that, but that's also the, nth, the, the extreme of it, you know, yeah. like obsession, obsession to uh, where it's not like healthy. No, it, well, it, it, it it's, it's, it's that thing where it's like, I don't know, like I can, it not to, it's not to necessarily be like, Oh, well, Miles Davis, like he had his problems with women and like, we should hate him entirely for just that. It's like, you know, it's a new, it's a nuanced discussion of like, yeah, he, there's a lot of things he did that are like, okay. Personality wise is, you know, this is this is outside of his artistic visions and it's you know it's 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 a weird glimpse into the humanity of it um and i don't know like some people who emulate certain artists they can they, i feel like there's a there's an there's a chance to get caught into some of those like you know you you idolize a hero and you think like oh his muse was this and i'm going to try this and it's like well what do you what gets you inspired it might not be the same thing or as you might it might not be a substance <laughs> it might not be yeah. you know it might not even be the genre you it might be like you you listen to john coltrane and you're not going i need to transcribe these tenor licks maybe you're listening to something else and you're like how do i express on my instrument that way or how do i you know, put together a band that can do certain things like he does on his later records or, you know, sure. yeah, I agree with all that. Yeah. And it's like personality and it's, 
again, like doing whatever you feel like is necessary for you to, to deal with your vision. And for them, it was cool. And I'm sure there were people who tried to keep up and there's, and they, and they couldn't. And they maybe, and they, again, like, but that, did that mean that they had a, they were failures? Right. Does that mean that they were, you know, unfulfilled in their lives? I mean, I, you know, you can't speak for everybody, obviously. And I think it's like, you know, you just gotta, you only get so much time and to be worried about like Others. all these things. And, and you know, and there's a, a bigger discussion that I've have about like a concept I like to bring up sometimes of like, now it's hard to think about, like, think about like all the years that those people were professionals. You know, we, we talk about very select moments mm-hmm. of a lot of years. And now within five minutes, I can listen to those between those. I can bounce back between those years. We're talking about years, right? And so what, what, what about the day-to-day life of these people? Yeah. You know, we glorify the mo the big moments. Yep. You know, when these albums were recorded, when these tours happen. But like but, yeah. What about the other what about the Tuesday? Like it's what about the random Tuesdays at five o'clock? Yeah. Six o'clock that you know were were happening. Like what did what did we do when he didn't have a gig? You know, we what did he do it when he woke up and like, you know, how did he live his life and how do you like you know, I'm sure it wasn't as in, I'm sure it was intense, but it's also you know, it's glorified through myth, you know, and stuff. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I don't know. I just think as we're, as we're progressing, we all got to just figure out what we want to do and find our find our space and and no pun intended to my album, but um, <laughs> but to figure it out. So, yeah, it's it, it's yeah, it's never. I think I think of how many people, you know, they go through jazz school in Michigan and then they go out to like New York specifically and and they 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 go with one idea of what they want to do and then they get into that environment and figure out okay this isn't this is still there that's still a goal but now i have like like oh i found this gig at uh, you know this basement restaurant it it pays decent i can play there once a week like somehow i got this through a mutual friend like there's my foot in the door. I can develop my artistic palette and, you know, start using that as a way to invite other people into the space, meet the community. It's like you get, you get those, those moments of like interacting with another community that helps to, you know, it it helps to take something that's like a pipe dream and and get more like concrete steps towards it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, you know, and, but you know, there's the bigger picture of that too. Like, okay, you get that gig, like, cool. But like, how much is your rent? Yeah. You know, insurance, getting around, you know, this thing called eating or even buying, you know, your Never insurance. Heard of it. When, you know, what is eating? Yeah. Or even like, you know, you know, you, and at that point, it's like, you didn't even think about putting out records because like you can't even, <laughs> you know, if you're paying a $50 gig once a week, that's not, that, you're not living no. in the, you know, you're not you're not playing that same fifty dollar gig in nineteen seventy or whatever, where the fifty dollars is worth more. So, mm-hmm. um, dude, man, I don't know. It's crazy. It's just, and I think it's a real disservice when people aren't real about, you know, about other about what it actually means. Yeah, and and it's also like I I never want to come across as like you know elitist and in, in thinking of like the gigging climate and the differences between like you know this person has the stable job they're in their 40s they play 
acoustic guitar at a cafe with their buds and you know they take that that $50 acoustic thing because they don't have to eat with that $50 they do it because it's it's fulfilling to a hobby or their you know their artistic side thing which there you know people can explore music and do side hobbies um it is it's it's weird sometimes to like imp- like if you're if you're doing the right things and i guess it growing and you're approaching venues and other places and trying to book there should be a discerning like this person is doing more than just you know one thing they have a vision they have a a brand they have like you know they stand out creatively in some way um and i think i was trying to say like the the whole like like just the the climate right now of like as gigs start to open up again you know there's been some people who've you know they they still are holding strong because they don't want to you know take low-paying things there are other people who are taking those low-paying things because the there's it's open and they don't need the money and they just want the stage um and it's i don't know it's weird to try and like say what people should and shouldn't do <laughs> like I, I wouldn't advocate necessarily for that i i just i feel like sometimes i run into those people who see they see music as like it's it's like it's the one dimension like he plays music he plays music doesn't matter that you know he's been playing for 20 years and has two degrees versus that person's been playing for four years and has, you know, 30 friends that show up to buy meals. Like, Mm. you know, it's music is like, there, there's always going to be the people who support the creative thing. And then there's always going to be the people who support the functional part of it. Like, Oh, this is a nice compliment to the meal or the room. This is a, a, you know, relaxing environment for the guests at a hotel. This is the, whatever and you know being in both of those spaces of like doing the creative thing and doing the background thing i i see the 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 utility in both uh, you know creativity is obviously mm-hmm. like great um but it's yeah, but also says who who says you can't be creative in those spaces yeah i yeah i definitely and I have a jobbing gig in two days on thursday night like my gig it was a background gig and yeah, I hired people I wanted to play with. Yep. We're gonna play tunes. And I'm still gonna be as creative as I can in that experience, even though I'm it's not like a gig, you know, it's not a formal playing gig. And the fact that I'm, you know, and again, I also tried to advocate for myself and advocate, you know, financially for the ensemble about how much we were gonna get paid. You know, and you gotta stick up for that and be like, well, you know, I'm, I feel like I'm paying people what they should be being paid for a gig on a Thursday night in a corporate situation, you know, because, you know, knowing the knowing the, the ins and outs of it. And I'm, I'm not even talking about like my my financial whatever my. Um, what's what I'm looking for, like my financial situation situation. Or... I mean, that's not, you know, I've had a lot of, you know, whatever. It doesn't matter. But the, the point is that like we're still all there to support each other and it's like if you can if you can you know if i can give somebody a hundred bucks for the gig plus it's you know for end of the hour and then whatever it is and i'm able to work that out with whoever's hiring me like hopefully then in the future like if they hire me i can ask for a little bit more or we can you know 
if you know and then and that could be a working relationship with this company and that's not an, a normal thing so yeah yeah it's i don't know it the discussion around like I don't, the, yeah, that's all yeah. about how she get paid is not something I think is going to be solved on this podced or by yeah. us. <laughs> it should be this. I, I know I'm, I don't want to be, in, I'll be in charge of a lot of things. I'll make decisions. I don't want anything around that decision of how much people should get paid. Um, yeah, it's, that's not my business. <laughs> I mean, not much of my business, but it's not something that, I mean, I'll advocate for people, but I don't want to, I'm, I, I'll lead the other charge of other things. <laughs> Yeah. Cause it, it's like, I don't, you know, it, it's, I, I, I bring it up to not, it, it's weird to talk about cause you don't want to like, you don't want to slam someone who still has a passion, but might mm-hmm. have like, you know, they have a different set of circumstances or it's not, you know, their main focus and sure. That's fine. Everyone's got something different that, that they go for with, you know, pursuing an art or pursuing a craft pursuing an instrument. Um, it's, and and then even then, you know, I'm also understand the other end of it too, where like you could be captain creativity and have like no draw, no presence, no nothing to like incentivize people to want to hire you to do anything. Mm-hmm. Like you could be, you know, immensely talented, but if you don't get along with anyone, you're just going to be sitting in your room wondering why you're not getting any gigs. Yeah. Or- oh, for sure. Like that's especially apparent in West Michigan is like you, you, you got to find the people who could put up with you or else like there's no, you're going to be drifting until you like, until either you learn that there's something about that you need to change to be more open to certain types of things or I don't know. It's, it, it varies, you know, yeah. Scene to scene obviously, but it's, it's, I don't know the, the, the ebb and flow of like how do i you know be the the working musician like like people asking me like oh all you do is music like how does that work i'm like well here's how it works Not- how much time how much time you got there buddy yeah how much how how many combinations of things are you willing to do to, <laughs> to how just- thin are, yeah how thin are you gonna stretch yourself to figure it out yeah. Do you like the the taste of uh, the same kinds of foods <laughs> and on a daily basis? Because that's that's what you're going to budget into your life, unless you know how to cook, I guess. But <laughs> it's yeah. Um, but yeah, thanks for coming on. I feel like thanks this is a, a, a great great conversation. And um, what your album comes out. Uh, comes out July 9th. July 9th. Uh, through Outside of Music. The first single comes out in a month from now, June uh, June 10th, a Friday. It's first t- single is called Revolving Twins. It's also when the pre-order is going to start on Bandcamp or through me. Um, and then everything will be sent out for the 9th. And I'm actually pretty excited. Uh, we're doing a live stream gig on the 8th of July for the album uh, at the Fulton Street Collective, which is a great space here in Chicago. It will be live streamed and we'll get out into the world and hopefully there'll be some other little pop-up things and if you go on my instagram uh the sam pilnick project uh there'll be some updates and some other opportunities hopefully to talk about the record get your hands on it see it feel it all that stuff but man i appreciate you having me on um i'm glad you're, you're trucking along and doing these things and um i think it's a you know 
I honor you for doing what you, doing what you're doing and, and and doing the things. And if you ever need me, my help with anything, you know, video stuff, whatever, you know, another set of ears. I'm gonna get into a lot of that stuff. So whatever you need from me, my my friend, uh, I feel like I owe you for both my album and for this, my last album, the one you were on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I appreciate that. I I uh, I'm I'm looking forward to. Um, I mean, I've, I guess I've heard the record, but I'm looking forward to seeing like it out in the world and um, just, you know, a non-net is a great opportunity to like, you know, the, especially listen to the album, like the different colors, different textures, like it's, it's a, it's a, you know, a more expanded way to express your writing. So I think that's a great move i'm also too afraid, i'll be honest i'm very afraid to write for big bands so it's, it's my it's my it's the largest ensemble at the moment i'm going for i you know i got unless i can take more classes with scott Callen or something but yeah yeah i feel like i needed another like two years of after i took that arranging semester never took it so <laughs> i was the ta for it and, and i had something before and i was never there so but, all right man i got actually got a dip but thank you for having me um, we'll talk soon, I'm sure. Yeah, sounds great. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks, man. Yeah, right. no problem. Awesome.